Welcome to the Wellcast. Life is messy. We're here to help you sort it out. Welcome back to another episode of the Wellcast. We are glad that you are here. I am joined once again by my wonderful co-host, Shauna. And Hello. Yes, it's so good to have you back in the studio. I usually have to sit around with Jordan, but now I get to actually spend time with someone that I like. Oh, you love Jordan. I, I listen do. to that podcast. That bromance is thick. It is thick. We get along very well. Jordan, I do love you if you're listening, but it is great to share the studio with you. Mm. It's such a great addition to, to our team. And so today we are talking marriage, mm-hmm. but we aren't just, it's not a how-to for marriage. What we're actually talking about is we've invited Jack and Cheryl Shiflett to join us for the podcast. And what's unique about them is that they've been married for 55 years. Mm-hmm. 55 years. That's, that's, that's a lot of story. That's lo- way longer than I've been alive and you also. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you just, you think back at all the, the things, but what's so great about their story is that they're not, they don't just sit in here and talk about how everything's just been peachy keen the whole 55 years. Mm-hmm. There's been ups and downs and they're going to get into really what, what it looks like to navigate through those ups and downs. And it's so mm-hmm. good to, to glean from their wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you'll hear about the advent calendar controversy. Oh, yeah. That dropped. That's a serious fight. Yeah. We're going to keep that a question mark, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I love the way that they throughout the podcast and talking about early years of marriage, even pre-marriage and dating and even into you know their 55th year coming up of just how they've allowed the Lord to refine them yeah. within their marriage relationship. And if I could look back even on what feels like a measly 20 years compared to 50, yeah. but on this 20 years of that is leaning into that has been where you don't uh, give up. Yeah. You know, and to hear them talk about that in such a, you know, in their, their mission life and pastoring and, you know, college life. It's really interesting. Yeah. Cause I think, I think it's so important that outside of abuse or abandonment or mm-hmm. adultery that you really take divorce off the table. Like I know that there are big fights and I know that there are big mm-hmm. issues and I know that there are big conflicts within every marriage, right? I've been married for, for 12 years mm-hmm. and there are conflicts that Kristen and I have, have had where if we left divorce on the table, we very likely could be in that situation. Mm-hmm. And yet what you hear from, you know, Jack and Cheryl, it, it just reaffirms that really with the Lord, you can make it through anything. Mm-hmm. And they also talked about community here and there. Yeah. And I think that's such a good point when you hear, when you gather with other people and you hear their stories and the things that they've overcome in their marriage and those sentences that start with, well, I would, I know what I would do if yeah. those start to drop off fewer and fewer because you've seen people who have followed the Lord and allowed him to work in their marriage in things that seem insurmountable, yeah, uh, like adultery and like all these all these things. So community is such a good piece of that when you're navigating married life. And they that's, talk about that. That's interesting because did you and Sean have good parental examples when it came to marriage? Uh, yes and no. I, I did not. My parents divorced early on. I think I was 12 when they finally divorced. My dad was very unfaithful to my mom throughout most of their marriage and my mom, this is her third marriage. I've been married 25 years. And Sean's parents have been married forever. His dad recently passed last mm. uh, February. But I don't know that we would be like, oh, the, this is a, an example of what we want to pattern our marriage off of. Sure. Nothing 
nothing glaringly terrible or anything like that, uh-huh. but we just have a different call on our life as right. followers of Christ. Yeah. But yeah, trying to navigate that, we needed people around us. Yeah. We still, we need people yeah. around us. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, if you are listening to this and you're older or uh, we say around here a little more seasoned vintage. Vintage. Uh, you've been married, you know, 20, 25, 30 years. I would put you and Sean in that in that mm. category. You have a unique opportunity to mentor couples and show them what marriage looks like mm-hmm. in a godly way. Because so many people are like me who didn't have that growing up. And now they're married and they're looking around going, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. How do I lead a family as a husband? How do I be, you know, uh, respond as a, as a godly wife? And the best way is for the church to be the church mm-hmm. and for us to enter in and not, not to just surround us, ourselves with people who are at the same season of life as we are, but just like Paul and Timothy, right? We invest in those who are younger to, to kind of be an example or role model in marriage. And I love the, the role model that Jack and Cheryl were in this episode. So I hope that you guys enjoy the episode. It's a lot of story and a lot of wisdom. So let's jump into the episode with Jack and Cheryl Shiflett. Hey, everybody. We are back with Jack and Cheryl Shiflett, and we're going to hear them talk about the ups and downs of marriage. They've been married for quite a while now, mm-hmm. 50 years. Uh, be 55 this year. <gasps> 55. 55. I tried to steal years. five years from you. I'm so <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's all right. Um, what I love <clears throat> about Jack and Cheryl, what you will all come to realize is their extreme hospitality when they sit around the table. And I'm sorry you're not sitting around the table with them, but I am. And so is Mike. Yes. And we get to experience this, um, this beautiful relationship firsthand and just ha- excited to hear from you and hear what God has done and Maybe. continues to do 55 years later. Thank you. So guys, it's so great to have you here. I think we get to experience a, a relationship with you guys. So we get we know you, you know, but there's a lot of people listening who who may not know you. Take us through a little bit. How did you guys meet? We met in college. In we college. we were both going to LA Baptist College at that time. All right. And I came in as a junior cuz I had just been saved. She was quite a, bit, quite a bit older than I am. And now, <laughs> LA, LA Baptist College is now the Master's, Master's, the Master's College. College. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And where did you come from, Cheryl? I came from Illinois. Okay. And I had been saved going to the University of Illinois. Not through them, but at that time. And so I went out there as a junior. He just got out of the Marine Corps and had just gotten saved. Mm. So right away, we had, you know, we had not good backgrounds. We just connected as friends, but not anything else to start with. Yeah. Was so, there anything else to start with in your mind, Jack? Were you like, this is my girl? No. I mean, we were learning the things of the Bible at bottom line. I, I didn't know which end of the Bible to open mm-hmm. when I came to know the Lord. And uh, so we were learning those things together, and we would go out, and uh, we we didn't have dates. we just go out for coffee and with a crowd of friends and and talk about the stuff we were learning. Not really a crowd of friends, usually just... Yeah, three and he or four. won't admit it, but he did pursue me. Mm. Uh, he did, yeah. Yeah, there was a, 
there was a point in there where I thought, yeah. But before before we did, I had been home uh, after that first year. I went home. And I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, so this is a cross-cultural marriage. I'm from Alabama. She's from <laughs> Illinois. It's very uh, different, right? Very different. Yeah. Small town, uh, Chicago. After a year, when I got back, I told her, you know, I'm really got to focus on my studies. I mean, I'm a high school dropout. I've got my GED. I'm going to college now. So I said, I'm really going to focus on my studies. So, you know, I'm not going to. And I was like. Where is that coming from? We're not going out anyhow. Yeah. Go we, ahead and study. She, she thought we weren't going out because she had to pay for her own way. But Jack, this was Dutch. Jack had the long game in mind. He was ready to go. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. So, how did the background differences that you guys had? How did it affect your dating life? How did how did that play into you guys even courting and getting to know each other? I was going to say dating was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> but we, yeah, we had some big cultural differences there too, where I was from a more traditional go out on a date. Yeah. The guy pays. And he know? wanted to go Dutch. And he's yeah. like, he was like Marine Corps. Somewhere <laughs> that transition from a group of friends getting together to talk to a date, then then I stepped up. On oh, okay. That, so. so you yeah, finally so paid. So give me credit. Do, do we have time to rebut in this thing? <laughs> yes. I was going to say, the only was, you know, I don't think we went out in big group dates. Usually it was you Three and I and, and, and the cook. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of it. I love where we're, we're just sitting here reliving their lives. Yeah, we could get in a well, big argument well, right here. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we don't started. Don't let out, us stop you. We started with arguing. And so we figured, oh, somewhere along the line, I figured, you know, this might be pretty good for life mm. uh, mm-hmm. along the way. But you have to understand, I'm from a broken home. Mm-hmm. Cheryl's father uh, remarried. Her mother died when she was 13. So mm-hmm. trying to make a second marriage work, which did not work mm-hmm. uh, as far as uh, the kids were concerned. So, I mean, we had nothing to lean back on. Yeah. Bad examples. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my dad was uh, unfaithful to my mom, ran off. I didn't have a clue about uh, proper dating either. Mm. Certainly didn't learn it in the Marine Corps yeah. or prior mm-hmm. to. Uh, I dropped out of the high school and joined the Marine Corps when I was 17. So I basically was raised mm-hmm. my adult, became an adult in the Marine Corps right before I got out and came to know the Lord six months prior to that. Mm-hmm. So my my allegiance suddenly changed, but my behavior uh, was a long time in coming. So... That was a I big think deal. What we had in common too, what attracted mm. us, we were both passionate about following the Lord. Yeah. We weren't like a lot of the kids had just come, you know, they were raised in Christian homes perhaps and weren't sure yet where they were going with this and what was next. Whereas I think we were yeah. like, okay, we'd left the past behind. Mm. We'd had our sins forgiven. We wanted to What's next? You want to follow the Lord. So when we were arguing or asking, it was usually scriptural things or or theological things, or uh, like, do you really believe that? Do you agree with that? Yeah. But mo- I think there was a real underlying respect, and I would have to say the other thing that attracted me to him at this point was he often made me laugh. Mm. He's a funny guy. <laughs> funny guy, funny-looking guy also. Hey, hey. <laughs> no. So tell me, so we fast-forward how many years until you get married? When two. I graduated, which would have been two years after we met, yeah, I graduated, and we got married like two weeks later. 
Okay. To my graduation. Yeah. How long were you engaged? The reason was was because he had signed up for a I to be a, a summer a mission. Deal. Well, there was that too. <laughs> <laughs> but he had signed up to do a summer missions trip, and he thought I should go along with him. Ah. So oh, okay. I had to get we had to get married before that. <laughs> we went out and worked with the Navajo Indians, and I and we were now our dating is getting serious. I'm figuring, oh, no, I don't want to do this as a single when these are the kinds of things we need to be learning together. Mm. Mm. So uh, I proposed to her. Plus, they would let me be the head resident of the men's dorm. I'd been a sergeant in the Marine Corps, so I I'd, <laughs> you know, knew how to make people behave. Uh-huh. And see, this is keep a boy's dorm. Yeah, keep them in line. Mm-hmm. So this is a boy's dorm. I w- can't imagine they did that, turn, me, turn those poor children loose under me. <laughs> but they said, if you were married, you could have this job. I said, hmm, I got a deal. And so so uh, I offered that to her. I think we were already just about there. And yeah, we like, were already Okay, new. I can make this work. Yeah. <laughs> they we give me an apartment. Knew. We get our food. We get my tuition. I, I actually, yeah, I actually got tuition and a, a little apartment up there. Oh, okay. I love it. Okay. And that was already the plan. It's not like you were like, well, you know, may as well do this. It was already the plan. You guys yeah, were we, already headed there. We already just knew. Just to be clear. It was pretty clear that. This was the person I want to spend my life with. Mm. You weren't like on the verge of breaking up. And you're like, well, this changes my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were gonna yeah. crash, but you know, with this deal. <laughs> <laughs> this deal. All right. So, so if we fast forward, and you're married, Jack. You tricked Cheryl into marrying you, yes. and she said yes. Yeah. And and you're still living on campus. You're no longer living in the men's dorm. You're you're married together, and I assume you live together as you... Yes, we had an apartment. Okay. And so what was it like in the early years? Like, what was was life like for you just kind of learning each other and learning what it meant to be a husband and learning what it meant to be a wife because there's really not there's books written on it right but there's no manual you you have to learn how to be a spiritual leader you have to learn how to to be a godly wife those are things that happen over time so what were those early years like for you guys if i could just throw another layer onto that sounds like you're both very passionate about serving the lord and how to do that and what you believed so i'd love to hear about too how not even just merging like as okay mm-hmm. now we, we've been the mm-hmm. boss of our own domain yeah and now we're living together and we're doing all the married things together and we're ministering together i'd, I'd love to hear i'd love to hear all about it i, I would just say that the our first year was really really hard mm-hmm. as a married couple we argued a lot and i think it was because it seemed to us we didn't know that much about marriage but it seemed to us like whatever thing was happening whatever one did then was going to be the rest of our lives because mm. we had just committed for the rest of our lives and it was yeah. like he's always going to do that mm. and he's like she's always going to do that mm-hmm. you know and so i think that was one thing we had to get past and selfishness i think that marriage just highlights selfishness you don't realize how your world mm-hmm. is built around you until someone else is in that world and they, what yeah mm-hmm. they have ideas too Sure. <laughs> you know, because selfishness says, I don't want a relationship with another person, especially a Yankee mm. who has a different culture. Mm. And so here God sovereignly puts us together different. That's a lifelong learning about your own weakness, your own selfishness. Nothing like marriage to just blatantly tell you how selfish you are. It doesn't mean you're listening. But at least it shows you. 
What I love about <clears throat> you guys saying that, and Cheryl, thank you so much for bringing that up because mm-hmm. I think there are so many people out there who go, oh, Jack and Cheryl, they've been married 55 years. They must have not had a very hard time. Like, <laughs> And you're sharing that in the first year it was really hard, and yet you had a really hard first year, mm-hmm. and you've been married faithfully for 55 years. What an mm-hmm. encouragement to us. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. for those of you who are listening that are maybe newer married, maybe you're not in your first year, but, but those... I would say my first eight years, they weren't all bad. They weren't all hard. I I think Kristen and I would say we went through a lot of our difficulties when we dated. But Mm -hmm. the first eight years are completely different than for us the last four years. Mm -hmm. It takes a long time to get to know your spouse. Mm -hmm. And so you guys now, 55 years, that doesn't Mm -hmm. discount the fact that you had a really hard first year. And I Mm -hmm. I love that that shows that there is hope if you don't believe that they're mm-hmm. always going to do this or that you're always going to be like that. And so mm-hmm. I, I just love that. That's, that's gold for me. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot of places where you can bail on the relationship mm-hmm. yeah. and you want to bail. Sure. Someone said, we've never considered divorce because of our commitment to Christ. We've considered murder yeah, right. uh, <laughs> on a number of occasions. But it's testimony to the Lord's keeping power. He kept us Mm. from doing something Mm -hmm. stupid. I've been mad enough to crash this thing Mm a number of times. Not justly, but unjustly. But it doesn't matter. When you're mad, you Mm -hmm. don't care what the consequences are. Mm -hmm. God has kept us from doing that. Uh, All kinds of reasons. And he's provided means. We didn't have regen. We didn't have re-engage. We didn't have merge. And I've, I've learned things here at the 50th year of our, we went to re-engage. I've learned things there mm-hmm. um, about learning to live according to knowledge. I mean, I've known First Peter 3, where it says, live with your, lives according to no- with your wives according to knowledge. Yeah. Treat them as a fellow heir of the grace of life. I've known those, tried to live those things. I've tried to live Ephesians 5, where it says, love your wives as Christ lived the church. And that, that's a killer mm-hmm. because he lived, he loves us unselfishly. Mm-hmm. But but to get around to other people who are going in the same direction, like some of the programs that Well offers, you get to do it in community. So now mm-hmm. you're not just wondering about this, confessing your sins to the Lord. Now you're confessing to another human being, and you're asking them to pray for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, God meant it to be that way, because mm-hmm. we're we're dependent people. Mm-hmm. We need Him. We we can't do this without Him. That's what I was going to ask. Like when Cheryl, you talk about that first year of. Oh, he's always going to do this. This is always going to be the same. Mm-hmm. How did you navigate and get to the other side and drop the always and mm-hmm. realize, hey, this is actually some some negotiation or so there's some growth? The word always helped me. I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't want to pray for Jack a lot of times because I knew God was going to change my heart. Yeah. And I wanted to be mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking, as you're talking, I was thinking about, I think it was Philippians 2. One and two, where it says, if there's any encouragement in Christ, mm-hmm. if there's any comfort in his love, etc., be of the same mind, have the same spirit. And I just saw, how can I say that there's no comfort in his love? How can I say God doesn't deserve me to be of the same mind and love him in the same way? Mm-hmm. I can't say that to Jesus, so I can't say that to him <laughs> mm. because he's put us together. And it was a process. It's not like, okay, I, one verse and, you know, I had to keep going through applying some verse and coming to where I just realized that, hey, God's purposes for us and what he's doing with us is greater than 
And these little things don't bother me anymore. Mm. The things that bother you so much the first year and that you don't understand. Yeah. And that I bothered him in that way. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't always going to be so bothered by him, and I wasn't going to be so bothered by him. And God's choosing a mate who's different than you expands your heart for ministry. You understand other people. You would ne you'd never understand people who are really different from you. They're annoyance. Mm -hmm. I mean, I understood uh, body truth and how every piece of the body, and I could teach and believe that in the church, but that up close, you know, to actually put that into practice, that's a teaching tool, and he keeps showing us how we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. Nothing like marriage to show you're yeah. not there yet. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I, uh, I came from a, a broken home as well, and I know in my life, I got a really good picture of what not to do mm -hmm. uh, from mm -hmm. my home. But the, the what to do has come through the church. It's come yeah. through yeah. my wife's parents, mm -hmm. godly people who, who are committed to each other and they've, they fight and yet they, they love each other and they show grace to each other. And mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, you know, through the churches that we've been a part of, we've got to put mm -hmm. people in our lives to show us what it looks like to navigate this thing called marriage. What does that look like in your life? So you guys mm -hmm. both came from broken homes. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, for me, Kristen came from from this example. So at least that we had that kind mm -hmm. of grounding from, from her understanding. But what does it look like for God to kind of bridge the gap that you didn't have from your parents? You know, until I was 14, I did have a good home life. Mm. My mom died when I was 13. And then it was just my dad and I, my sister had gone to college. But I really felt loved and like I'd seen parents who loved each mm. other. Mm. And then it was kind of a bad situation with my stepmom. And what I, I think you always either react or you pattern it. And so mm. at that point, I'm reacting against what seemed to me like, okay, getting angry, slamming out, closing the door, not talking. So I probably wanted to talk things to death. You know, mm. I'm like, that's not going to be me. Mm. <laughs> we're going to talk about this and get it resolved. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. So we're having a we're having an argument, and um, you know, it's it's not resolved, but it's out there. And so I'm ready to go to bed. So we're in bed, and I roll over, and I can go to sleep. I'm good at this. And then all of a sudden, I have a sense that somebody's sitting in the bed beside me, setting up. What's she doing? Setting up. I mean, she's not, you know, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, on your anger. That was my verse. Yeah. <laughs> that was her. Yeah, that was her. So, so we're trying, you know, probably not the best time in the world to discuss your problems when you're tired at night. But however, the principle is dynamite. Don't let it fester. Mm -hmm. Come to something. Yeah. You know. Uh, because I can just let it go, and then the next day you just go right on. But it's still mm -hmm. there's still a little place pop off valve in there that can go off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I really appreciate that about Cheryl. She brought that to the relationship. Can you think of people whose example in your life mattered, like the way that they conducted their marriage mattered, and how did that kind of leak into your marriage? I remember going to a professor that I admired. And I said, hey, how do you have devotions in a family? I had never heard such a, I never heard prayer in my home. Mm. First prayer that I heard was a retired postman that uh, had, had me over when I was a new believer. And I heard him pray and I thought, oh, that's what men do. They mm. pray. Okay, got that. And another, you know, so I picked it up piecemeal along the way. 
But I guess in seminary, when we finally went to seminary, we sat in Howard Hendricks' class. Mm. And I had had him for some various courses, but this is on a marriage, and you... And Cheryl was pregnant, so she came to the class. And for those of you who don't know who Howard Hendricks is, Jack just name dropped. Yeah, he, yeah I'm sorry. He wrote my seminary book on how to read the Bible, so yeah, yeah. he's quite the theologian. But uh, yeah. sorry, continue. But he's passionate yeah. about living out Christian marriage home. and relationship yeah. in the Christian home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of our <clears throat> discipling seemed to be in school because mm. we mm. got married. Mm-hmm. We were in co- he was still in college. I was teaching school, and then we went to seminary, and I was still teaching for the first couple of years, but then always go, taking whatever seminary things were available. So we just took a lot of courses mm. that helped uh, us get it clear. And they'd invite you to their home so you could see them mm. and see how things were working. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Howard and his wife, Jeannie, they were, they were class act. Mm. <laughs> so, and I think also our pastor there, uh, once we were in a church there that you were later on staff there, he and his wife were also great They're examples godly, to us. godly mm-hmm. couple that treated each other with respect. Mm. But they were both in it together in the ministry. Yeah. Like I think of Brad and Jen. I mean, they're both passionate about the ministry. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, it's his job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of your passion in ministries led you into the like mission field. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, at what point in your marriage did that happen, and how how did that shape and mold your marriage and individuals and what community and all those things? We were minding our own business, having a great time in Caldwell, Idaho, pastoring a church in a small town with a they had a little university there, good one. And we had told the church we're here for life because we believed in long-term ministry. And then I kept being persuaded from the scriptures that we should send out not rookies, that mm-hmm. you should send out people who know what the church is if you're going to build a church. You should send out people who know the Bible. I know the Bible. So more and more the finger kept pointing back at me and the Spirit was creating mm-hmm. that this in my heart until mm-hmm. I felt like, oh my, oh God, let me go. Let me go to the ends of the earth where the gospel isn't being preached. Mm-hmm. I, I should say before I tell on him. <laughs> Please should, do. I should say that that before we were married, we were both open. We wanted to make sure we were both open to either missions or pastorate. When he got mm-hmm. out of seminary, I said, "Well, what is it going to be?" And he said, "I believe that the Lord has made my heart a pastor's heart," and so that's what we were in and had been then at this point for almost ten years. And I had settled. <laughs> I never dreamed of, I didn't even want to go into Mexico. I didn't cross borders. Oh, yeah. I'm just kind of that person. So I went to bed one night of this missions conference we were having in our church, and Jack stayed up. When I got up in the morning, I found he had already sent for application papers, had already called other peoples that he was ready, that we were going. And... (laughs) I mean, my I just was like in shock. <laughs> I bet. And uh, my stomach just clutched. Uh, and I think I was like I like three days of I could hardly I was just in fear, mm. uh, tremendous anxiety, and at the same time I felt like God won't do anything bad to me. Mm. Whatever God's going to mm. do, it's okay. Mm. And I thought, Jack, I've been married to him by this time, at least 10 years, probably more than that. probably. Yeah. And I thought, 
he hadn't done anything really weird yet. And so I can, I should be able to trust him and I should, I can trust God. But it was just this terrible fear. And I just remember I came home one afternoon and I think Jack was home and I just said, I'm going to bed. I never go to bed in the middle of the she afternoon. She doesn't take naps. Mm. And so I said, I'm going to bed. And I just went in the bedroom and I got into bed and I pulled the covers over my head literally. And I just said, God, I am drowning in my fears, and you have got to rescue me. Mm. And uh, just like that, I just felt like I got a vision of Peter drowning. And I thought, yeah, he's drowning because he took his eyes off of Jesus. Mm. And I thought, that's what I'm doing. Mm. And I was able to get out of bed. You know, I was kind of looking around like, okay, I'm probably, am I going to have this terrible fear again? But it, the terrible fear was gone. I was still nervous, but it was like God rescued me in the moment I needed it. And he was kind, right? I mean, how many years did you guys spend on the mission field? Wow. We're 34 with the mission. Wow. But yeah. some of, some of yeah. that was in administration. Mm. But I have to give a background on Cheryl. She, she doesn't move our furniture. Once she gets it in place, that's it. Yeah. You know, she's not... That's it. Which we're good with this. I know where everything is. It's it's things that are in place you can trust. I'm ready for an adventure. Other personality. God's put us both together. In fact, prior to this, I mean, we didn't do much at all without discussing things. It isn't mm-hmm. like I popped, hey, I just bought a car. Look. Yeah. No, we didn't do that. But for some reason, when I asked the Lord that night, I was ready to be terribly disappointed if God didn't send me somewhere. He just yeah. captured my heart for mm-hmm. it. It's like, oh my, there are places where they don't have the gospel, and that's what you're about. And I will say that I'm very thankful that I married Jack and had to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Because God does the greatest things in my life when I'm out of my comfort zone. My experience <laughs> is typically in a marriage, one person is the pusher, and yep. one person is the person that needs to be pushed. Although yep. Kristen would, would argue yep. that she doesn't need to be pushed, but <laughs> I I am self-admittedly the, the pusher. And so I think I think it's good, you know, we're each other's counterparts. And mm-hmm. so 55 years, yep. you're looking back on your marriage. I told you before we sat down, I'm, I'm really excited just to, to glean your wisdom and your experience. And, you know, I'm so grateful you shared your story with us. What would you tell our listeners who are, who are you know, younger, maybe earlier in their marriage? What's, what's the trick to 55 years? I'd love to hear from each of you. God is sovereign in the details of your life. And our culture tells us, get a better deal. Mm-hmm. Get a different person. But God has brought that person in your life. And I don't care the circumstances that were involved in getting you there. If yeah. you have, he tells me as a man, love your wife. Mm-hmm. Love the wife you have. Mm-hmm. That's not. No matter what. No matter what. Mm-hmm. And no. that solves a lot of issues right there. So you can't jump out of the frying pan mm-hmm. if you have integrity before the Lord. Yeah. But the grace of God, just to cry out to him when you don't feel like it. When you mm-hmm. know what's right and you see what's right and you say, Lord, I am not that mm-hmm. and I want to be that you deserve that mm-hmm. uh, because marriage is such a testimony to the world of Christ in the church that's what it is about and that the reason is is because it's a place of conflict and when you have peace there it's just oh God's been meddling in this mm. you know there's something going on here and uh, and I can give hope to anyway by the way 
from my background, impossible. God is gracious and yeah. can create what he wants if you just keep walking mm -hmm. with him. And the word of God. I couldn't live without the word of God mm -hmm. constantly speaking into my life mm -hmm. uh, for reproof, for correction, for encouragement, all those things it does. But we need to hear the voice of God because we keep hearing the voice of culture mm -hmm. and the voice of your own personality. So anyway, those two things. Uh, uh, I'd say two things. One was that, you know, when it seems like those you're in a low cycle of your marriage where you're not where you have been at other times, that that's a time to work on it, not a time to think, take a step back and go, mm. okay, this isn't, I'm not too crazy about this anymore. I'll have my life, he'll have his life. But to think, how can we make the, our marriage fresh again? Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I think is uh, having fun. Mm. I just, okay, how can we... What do we both enjoy doing that we could have fun in? And we, for us, we found like we enjoy hiking. We enjoy being out in nature. We, he loves museums, and I, I don't mind. I like historical things. Mm -hmm. So we've just got some things that we, and we both love to drink coffee all around the world. So mm -hmm. <laughs> things like that that just yep. you enjoy. I just wanted to say, we're saying all of these things to our, to our listeners. We don't know who's listening on the other end of this right, podcast. Right. We would just all want to agree that we are talking about marriage in the context of a non-abusive situation. Yes. Abuse and oppression Absolutely. is something that our God hates. That's mm -hmm. right. And That's right. this is, and if that is your situation, please talk to someone. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. let them in to the actual truth of what's going on mm -hmm. so that we can walk out what it means to submit to the Lord first, which yes. is what I hear you mm -hmm. saying yes. in a way that honors the Bible, honors the Lord, and honors mm -hmm. you as a person created I in his image. I agree 100%. Yeah. Well, this time has been rich. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and your wisdom with us mm -hmm. and your story. Yeah. God's been doing incredible things through your lives for yeah. a long time by his grace. And so Amen. we're grateful for mm -hmm. you being here. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for stopping so by. Yeah, you guys are so much fun. Thank you. So much fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Wellcast. As always, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about us. For more information about The Well Community Church, visit thewellcommunity.org.